We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And this is Pastor uh, Jolly John Lekunski coming to you uh, from my home in, in New Athens, Illinois. And Matt, before we do anything else, real quick, tell the people when you're, because this is, again, the Saturday morning show, <laughs> although probably most people don't listen to us on Saturday morning. But if you are listening to it, it's the day before Easter. When are you going to have services tomorrow, Matt? Yeah, so tomorrow we have four opportunities to worship. Uh, we have our sunrise service, 6.30 a.m. Uh, we are located in, in South St. Louis, right across from Francis Park. It's a beautiful city park here in St. Louis. And the park lies just east of our church. So we have an outdoor service. We see the sunrise over the park. It really is a beautiful setting. So if you if you enjoy a sunrise service, if you're an early riser, uh, join us at 6.30. Uh, we'll have breakfast afterwards. Stick around for that and then opportunities to worship indoors <laughs> at 8, 9, 30, and 11. So we, we'd love we'd love to see you. I'd love to meet you if you're in the St. Louis area. So I have a suggestion for next year. Could, could you have that sunrise service like maybe at 11? Because I, I don't want to get up at, for 6.30, but I'd come at 11 and then have lunch. So just okay. something to think about. We'll, we'll see what we can do. We might need to change the name, John, from sunrise <laughs> to something else. I don't know. We'll see what we can do. Okay. Yeah. For, the, for the tradition of it, you can keep the name. <laughs> so, you know, I love sunrise stories because they are, they're beautiful. What a great, but they always were too early. <laughs> I mean, that was here. It's too early. Too early. That was a drama. And we could still have breakfast, you know, after 11. That's okay. I like brunch. That's not a problem. So. All right, we, we got to get started because we are in the middle of this very, very important uh, gospel lesson of John chapter 9, the healing of the man born blind. Uh, you had led us, why don't you summarize real quickly, if you can, in just a minute, the, the things you shared with us in, in the opening verses of this text. Yeah, we didn't get much further than the opening verses, hey, but there are there's there's some good ones and they're worthy of conversation. But so Jesus and his disciples passing by and um the disciples asked Jesus a question, a terrible question. <laughs> they yeah. ask him a question when they see this man uh, who's born blind, and they ask, uh, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Uh, so they they assume that this person is blind because someone did something wrong, someone sinned. And the question in their mind is, well, just who was it? Was it, the, was it this guy or was it his parents? Um, bad question. When we ask the question, you know, who sinned, who's to blame, or or why, why are bad things happening? We God just hasn't given us that answer, right? You know, especially in a, a case like this, you know, someone's born blind, and we suggest, well, maybe a better question to ask is how. You know, how can God work through suffering? How can God work through sickness? And Jesus starts to reveal that to us when He answers, "It's not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him." So again, how might God work through suffering? Well, he can work through it to display his works. We certainly see that in the life of this man uh, in the rest of the text. We see in our own lives, 
And ultimately, boy, wow, we see it in the suffering of Jesus on the cross and how God works great works uh, through that suffering uh, for our sake and for our salvation. And, and as we air this episode now, the day after Good Friday, that's what uh, struck me that, that yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the question why, uh, the question who uh, usually isn't that helpful. Uh, I mean, we know why Jesus died. Uh, it was because of sin. It was because of our parents' sin and our sin. It was because everybody sinned. But but far better is to understand uh, uh, the how behind that, that he's doing this so that we can see the great works of God in bringing forgiveness and salvation, giving his life as a ransom for many. Uh, so, But I, I um, think that's a good insight yeah. real quick, John, is you know the, the very few times we can answer the question why there's suffering yeah. is only because it's revealed to us in Scripture, right? Yeah. So, you know, it, Scripture reveals to us why Jesus suffered. You're exactly right, <laughs> because he loves us, because of he, he wants to save us. So we can say that. We know that answer. Um, I think of even, you know, the flood and Noah. The scripture, you know, reveals to us why God sent the flood. <laughs> um, so we can give we can give an answer why in those rare circumstances where God's word clearly reveals it. But where we get into trouble is when, you know, we, we don't have that clear word from God about why they're suffering. And that's that's the case in most instances of suffering when we try to, you know, read God's mind or give answers where we don't have it. That's that's where we're in trouble. Well, and, and that means that regardless of the suffering and regardless of the cause, and that, that we can't always answer that it is because God loves us, right? Because that's what the Bible is very clear, that, that God only disciplines those he loves, like a father disciplines a son. So it may be hard for us to understand just exactly how that love is working, but we know that much. It, it's never because he just wants to be mean to us, yes. uh, but, but it has something to do about love, whether it be uh, bringing us closer to him in faith or whether it be uh, we, 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 we love uh, love the fruit of love that flows from suffering or uh, the example we might be given to others. It's hard to say. Um, where, where do you want to pick up now? Can, can you, you were doing this section by section. You said, so what section should we read now, Matt? Yeah, well, yeah, John, um, let's I mean, I'm ready to get into the actual work that Jesus does okay. uh, in verses six and seven, if you want to. If you want to read that, I can I can read that if you want to make comments on it. Or okay, okay, yeah. Why don't you okay. go ahead and All read right. it, Matt? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, six and seven. Uh, having said these things, Jesus spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, "Go, wash in the pool of Siloam," which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. And 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 for me, the the, the thing that really cried out is this: he came back seeing. Um, I, I've dealt with a lot of illness in, in my life for myself and for my family. Uh, and the thing that frustrated me is uh, people, and they were trying to be religious. I know they were trying to be religious. And they would say, you know, just keep on praying, John, and and yeah. uh, things will get better. Or, or in a related vein, just have faith, you know, and, and things will get better. And like I said, I know they weren't trying to be mean, but that comes across as if you're saying, well, you know what, maybe you're not praying enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. you pray just a little longer and a little harder. Maybe you need, need more people praying for you. Or, you know, if you just have more faith, then this healing will come. And uh, so I always tell people, if anyone says that to you, if, if you have an illness or a loved one has an illness and they say, oh, just pray more or have more faith. Uh, I always say, tell them baloney <laughs> and yeah. point them to this story because this guy gets healed and, and there is no prayer. 
and there is no faith. And yet Jesus still heals him. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it's a great insight because, you know, as we read on through this chapter, you really see this man, uh, he's this, this, this blind man's brutally honest, first of all, with everyone. <laughs> and, and that kind of, it's humorous even in some spots. Uh, but you really see him. Yeah. He goes from really very little understanding of who Jesus is to, to finally toward the end, you know, even worshiping Jesus as Lord. But, uh, but yeah, at this point, he really doesn't understand who Jesus is. And yet here there's this healing. And, and I, I go ahead, Brad. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I think this speaks to the fact that, you know, we, uh, we have this Latin phrase in theology, extra nos, um, which means, um, outside from outside of us, basically. Yeah. Um, not that you have an extra nose. No, 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 we don't, we don't, there's no extra noses, but yes, outside of us, yeah. (laughs) Outside of us. And, and that's it. You know, the, the healing here, uh, doesn't come from inside the man. It's not because of, like you said, John, his strength of faith and the sincerity of his prayer life that he's healed, but it comes from outside of him, completely outside of him. It comes from this man who spreads mud on his eyes (laughs) and tells him to go and watch. And that that's where it comes from. And, same is true in our life that the the healing uh you know it comes from outside of us as as god you know uh as god wills it and and most importantly our our healing from sin itself comes from outside of us uh through all that jesus has done well and and the thing is 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 there's only one reason why jesus heals anybody and that's just because he's a god of compassion and pity That's the only reason he does. That's why he heals people that we think don't really deserve to be healed. <laughs> That's why never, there's not a person that gets healed in this world that isn't healed just purely from the compassion of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and, you know, this whole question you had last week about not not why or who, but how. Uh, see, here's, here's the problem. When you start asking the who and the why question, you ignore the most obvious thing that we should always encounter when we see suffering, and that is, how can I love that person? How can I care for them? Right? That's yeah. the question you ought to ask, not why or or, or whatever, uh, but how can I love? And that's the thing that's so sad about this text. Wouldn't you think the automatic reaction of the disciples would say, hey, Lord Jesus, here's this guy born blind. Can we help him? And no, again, they're engaging in all kinds of theological discussions about yeah. who or, or why or whatever. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and, and in that yeah, way, ahead. you know, can the works that God do be done through us? You know, oh, that's yeah. The question. the question is, how can I help them now? Yeah, God is still it's still God's work. He's dem- but it's being demonstrated perhaps through us as his instruments to, to bring that help and to give that aid. Which, of course, is the other point of this text. Thank you for, for bringing that up. Because the other thing I realized as I was reading these verses about the mud and the water is it is it is the way of God to use means to get things done. And, and thank you for pointing out one of the chief means he uses to get things done is us. Yeah. <laughs> it's all falling together now, Matt. That's right. So when you see people suffering rather than wondering about sin and all that, you got to ask yourself, well, how can God use me? How can the mighty works of God be shown through my love and my compassion for yes. this person who, who's struggling? Because that's how God does things. He, he always does things using means. And and uh, uh, so so here's the thing. If, if I had an eyesight problem to, today, I, you know, I think what Jesus would say to me, he would say, go to an ophthalmologist. 
<laughs> right? He wouldn't say go to the pool of Siloam. That's way too far away. Go to an ophthalmologist because that's the means that he's provided to heal people with uh, blindness and, and sight issues, uh, doctors in medicine and, and what have you. Um, so, yeah, so that, 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 I, that I think that's a good insight, too, Matt, that, that we're part of the way that God shows his mighty works in people's lives. Yes. All right, John, should we read on? Or? Well, I, I tell you what, there's one more thing I want to point out, okay. this whole mud okay. and water thing. Yeah, please do. Uh, because God uses earthly means to accomplish earthly purposes. But you were alluding earlier in last week that the other thing God's working on here is faith, right? That's often yes. why suffering is, because he wants to work faith, and it takes suffering sometimes to give faith. And I thought it was interesting that he doesn't just tell him to, he doesn't just put mud on his face, and but he says, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. He adds his word to what he's doing. He adds his word to the means. And I would suggest to you, that's what God does when he wants to create faith. Yeah. Right? If he's trying to do something earthly, he uses earthly means, uses us, uses doctors. But when he wants to create faith, he has to add this other element, the element of the word. Because it occurred to me, Matt, if I'm this blind guy and all of a sudden someone spits on me and puts mud on me, and, of course, they've been making fun of me about how sinful I am. I'm thinking, how cruel can you be? What kind yeah. of crazy Christians have have encountered here? But then when Jesus says, go wash in the pool of Siloam, I think, don't you, that it, he's beginning to think, oh, maybe this man doesn't mean me harm. Yeah. Could it be this man actually could do something for my eyesight? And, and there's just a say, seed of faith there at that point, isn't it? Not a lot of faith. But enough faith to say, well, okay, I, I'm going to go to the pool of Siloam and see what happens. Uh, uh, so I just think that's cool. That's that's what Jesus is doing. He's trying to work faith in this man. And, and Chrysostom, by the way, because you know I love Chrysostom. <laughs> oh, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't, yeah. <laughs> but he points out, why doesn't Jesus just wash his face there? Why send him off to the pool of Siloam? And, and Chrysostom's point is because he's going to give a whole bunch of people faith. Because there's all people, all kinds of people are going to see this blind man stumbling around, you know, reaching out, trying to find his way to the pool of Siloam. And people are going to say, isn't that the guy born blind? And and what's he, what's that on his face? Oh, that, that crazy rabbi from Galilee, you know, that guy from Galilee. Yeah, I mean, that's the guy that told you to pluck out your eye and cut off your hand. So I don't know. He's wacky. <laughs> he throws some mud on his face. But when it's all said and done, all those people are going to realize that, oh, my goodness. This this rabbi Jesus, he just did something that's never been done in the history of the world. He he healed a man born blind. So yeah, it's all about Jesus trying to give people faith. Um, yeah. What what else, Matt? What, what, keep reading well, no, or no, I think it's great. You know, just the, the the means and the word. And you know, I mean, maybe our listeners make that connection already. But I mean, that's that's how God does it today too, right? You know. Yeah. Um, baptism, you know, water, but not just water, the word too. And that's yeah, that's that's when we see. God at work, right? You know, like you said, in a spiritual way, uh, when that word is connected to it. And later when they ask the guy, well, who is this Jesus? He says, well, he, he's a, I guess he's a prophet. So he at least recognizes there's power in Jesus' words, you know, and, and it, you know, and as he, as he begins to, you know, uh, you know, discover sort of who Jesus is, um, he at least knows he's a prophet because his word, his words does something. And uh, in his case, brought, brought sight. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a pattern, Matt, since you brought it up. He he first says that Jesus is a man. He then says that Jesus is a prophet. 
He then says that he's some someone worthy to have disciples. The man yeah. then says, well, he's a he's a, a, a man of God. And then, as you pointed out last week, it ends up with him worshiping, which yeah. is something you only do to God himself. Uh, you don't do it to uh, kings. You don't do it to pastors. Uh, no man gets worshiped in the Bible. But yeah, God. So you're right. Slowly but surely, he's he's working faith in this uh, blind man's heart. Yes. So how far should we read at this point, man? Oh, whatever you need, John. Yeah, so I, I can pick up with verse 8 if you like. And, uh, okay, you yeah. yeah. We'll read wherever you want to when, when you've got a point to make. Go ahead. All right. All right, so uh, now here's the neighbors, verse 8. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but it's, it's like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how were your eyes open? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud. There he is, called a man, anointed my eyes and said to me, go into Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And you know, the thing is, no one's going to say that he got healed because he had mud on his eyes. And if you don't believe me, you go out today. Our listeners, go out and find some mud. Put it on your eyes and see if it helps you see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no one's going to think that he was healed because of the pool of Siloam, because uh, the pool of Bethesda, Bethsaida, that's the healing pool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No one gets healed at the pool of Siloam. So, yeah, everyone's understanding, you know, this is Jesus who's done this. Yeah. And it's just the honesty of the man. I love it. You know, uh, I am the guy, you know, you walk past me every day as I'm, I'm, I'm begging, you know, you know who I am. And and where's Jesus now? I don't know. <laughs> so that's the neighbors. And the next we hear what the Pharisees have to say about all this. So you ready for that, John? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Verses 13 and following. They brought to the Pharisees, this poor guy. He, he has, he's suffered so much already. Now he's in yeah. front of the Pharisees. To the Pharisees, the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he's opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. Uh, the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they called his, the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son uh, who you say was born blind? How does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son. We know he was born blind, but now, uh, but how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews has already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, the parents said, ask him, he's of age. So, so Matt, I, we were planning a two-parter, but it's obviously going to be a three-parter. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a good text. It's a good story. Well, a it, it is. It is. There is. Uh, and again, we can already see that that faith growing because he was the man Jesus. Now he's the prophet Jesus. Uh, but but here's what I want to talk about: the Pharisees. 
what's going on with the Pharisees here, Matt? And, and then next week we can start with what's going on with this man's parents because they get overlooked in the story. But I think they're worth talking about too. But well, let's finish up this episode by talking about the Pharisees. What's okay. going on with them? Well, I mean, it, it's kind of a, a sad situation. And they're, they're hung up on the Sabbath day. So Jesus, we get this extra detail. He healed this man on the Sabbath day, the day of rest. And of course, uh, the Pharisees and the, the Jewish rabbis, they come up with a whole list of rules, uh, things not to do on the Sabbath. <laughs> uh, included on things not to do on the Sabbath, apparently, is heal someone of blindness. Uh, but even that, uh, you know, one of the things that was a no-no on the Sabbath is kneading things, like kneading dough. Oh, and yeah. maybe they're, they're hung up on the fact that Jesus made mud from his spit and dirt, you know, that he kneaded that together. And so they are preoccupied with uh, keeping the Sabbath and overlook the fact that Jesus just healed a guy that was born blind. <laughs> no, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on there, Mr. Clark. All right. All right. Well, because I'm, you've actually hit it on the head. It wasn't that he healed a man born blind. That would have been okay. But, but you're right. He obviously goes out of his way to make fun of the Sabbath law. This this need that do we need the mud? We don't need the mud. Why did he have to do that? See, that's an obvious violation. And then to have the man walk all the way to the pool of Siloam, yeah. because again, you're not supposed to walk a long distance on the Sabbath. So I stand no, no. I, it was of course the fact of the matter is, Matt, he he heals people a lot simpler and they still argue and complain because he does it on the Sabbath day, doesn't he? Yes. But I can I can just see him saying, well, now that he's obviously going out of his way to offend us, you know, he yep. didn't have to make him walk to the pool of Siloam. He didn't have to knead that mud and put it on his face. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it's funny. They're, they're divided on this even, it says. Yeah. So you can almost, you know, picture an argument breaking out about, well, what's more important, the healing or the Sabbath? And, you know, what does it say about Jesus? What does it not say about Jesus? And the answer is obvious. Moses told us not to do this. And we follow Moses. So there you go. That's that's yep. that's the end of that argument. Yep. Yep. That's their yeah. way of thinking, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's what they're going to say later. I mean, verbatim, right? You know, yeah. they follow Moses, uh, not, and obviously this Jesus does not. What I think is interesting too, all the, you know, the, these Pharisees would agree with the disciples that, yeah, someone sinned and this is why this guy's blind, him yes. or his parents, right? Yes. But but yet, I, I think it's kind of interesting in verse 17 they ask him, well, what do you say about the hymn? Ah. Since he's the one who opened your eyes. I think that's interesting. All of a sudden, yeah. now what he has to say is a value. Um, and, and this is, of course, where he answered, well, he's a prophet. Uh, but I almost like, you know, uh, the, these two divided parties kind of uh, now, all of a sudden, they're consulting the blind guy, um, you know, to see what his opinion is. So I, I think that's kind of an interesting detail. And, and, you know, see, that is a really interesting detail, Matt, because in the end, they're going to reject his testimony. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. But at least at this point, you're, you're man, you can almost see the Holy Spirit really working in these guys' hearts saying, come on, I want to just give you faith. That's all I want to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and yet ultimately, of course, they're going to reject that faith. And I think we need to find out why. Do you have any idea why? The Holy Spirit can't work faith in the hearts of these guys because obviously he's trying and 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 we've got some little faith is gone because some of them are saying, well, you know, I don't think a sinful man could do these kind of mighty works. Kind of the same thing Nicodemus said we, we talked about a few weeks ago. 
Well, I mean, why? Well, they're their own sin, and you know, and, and Satan's certainly at work. You know, uh, not wanting them to follow Jesus, and and we see this isn't the only time we see it. We're going to see it a couple chapters ahead. Lazarus is risen from the dead, and some believe, and others not only do they not believe after seeing someone risen from the dead, now they're out to kill Jesus because of that. And Lazarus so, too. And Lazarus, and, yeah, yeah. And, the, and kill the guy that was dead and. <laughs> Make him dead again. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, and again, just this this hardness of heart. And uh, you know, it, it's 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 sad. It's it, it, it it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So so here's what we need to do next week when we come back. We need to ask that question again. What is it that keeps? Because we know Jesus wants yeah. to give them faith. He's not intentionally excluding them. In fact, he, he I think he probably does it on the Sabbath to get their attention. To say so, they will think about this. But but next week we'll talk about why. What is it that keeps them at this point, at least, from having faith? Uh, that'll be our subject on wrestling with faith.